0: Krishna Prastai Buchalashi Mati Bakti Swami Niti Namani Namaste Saraswati Devi Goravani Pachana Nivasas in the Valley Paskatia de Guru Vandeham Shiguru Shi Padakamalam Shri Guru and Vaishnavam Shashi Rupam Sagrajatam Sahagana Ragana Tam Bittam Samsajivam Sadvadutam Padijana Saitam Krishna Tetani Devam Shri Radha Krishna Padam Sahagana Lavita Shri Vishakam Bittam Panchaka poojishcha keep us in be able to in umparva media rationally every morning mom Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya, Om, namo, bhagavate, vasudevaya. So it's July eighth, twenty twenty. It's an internet class from Hilo, Hawaii, and we're reading from Shrimad Bhagavatam, Canto four, Chapter twenty one. Instructions by Maharaj Pratut, Text thirty three. Tam eva, tam eva, yu yam, Chamhe viyu yam bha mano bha cha kaya guna swa karma yata di karavasi tarta sidhya. Cham. Unto um. him. Unto him. him. Eva. Eva. Certainly. Certainly. certainly yum. You all you citizens all you citizens Bajita, Bajita. Bajita. Worship Worship
1: Atma
0: Atma, Atma. Own Ritbibi Occupational Duty Occupational Duty Manaha, Manaha. Mind, Mind. Mind. Vataha. Words. Words. Words Kaya, Kaya. Body, Body. Gunai. Gunai By the particular qualities Swa Karma Behi By occupational duties, duties. Ama Without reservation Without, Without reservation. Kama Duga. Kama Duga. Fulfilling all desires. What Fulfilling all that? desires. Angri Pankajam. Angri Pankajam. Pankajam. The Lotus Feet. The
1: Lotus Feet.
0: Yata. Yata. As far as. As far as. as, far as. Adikara. Adikara. Ability. 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 Avastita Arta. Avastita Arta. Avasita Arta. Fully Convinced of One's Interest, interest. <inaudible> Siddhayaha, Siddhaya. Satisfaction. Śrīla Translation. Prithumaraj advised his citizens, Engaging your mind, your words, your bodies, and the results of your occupational duties, and being always open-minded, you should all render devotional service to the Lord. According to your abilities and the occupations in which you are situated, you should engage your service at the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead with full confidence and without reservation. Then you will surely be successful in achieving the final objective in your lives. Purport. As stated in the 18th chapter Bhagavad Gita Swakarmanatam Abhyarcha one has to worship the supreme personality of Godhead by one's occupational duties. This necessitates so we have the word has, one has to, and we have necessitates. This necessitates accepting the principle of four varnas and four ashramas. Prithu Maharaj therefore says Gunaisvakarma Bihi. This phrase is explained in Bhagavad Gita chapter Varna mayashristam Guna Karma Bivagashaha. The four caste, the Brahmanas, Satriyas, Vaisishas, and Sudras, are created by the Supreme Personality of Godhead according to the material modes of nature and the particular duties discharged in those modes. A person who is situated in the mode of goodness is certainly more intelligent than others. Therefore, he can practice the Brahminical activities, namely speaking the truth, controlling the senses, controlling the mind, remaining always clean, practicing tolerance, having full knowledge about one's self-identity, and understanding devotional service. In this way, if he engages himself in the loving service of the Lord as an actual brahmana, his aim to achieve the final interests of life is attained. Similarly, the kshatriya's duties are to give protection to the citizens, to give all of his possessions in charity, to be strictly Vedic in the management of state affairs, and to be unafraid to fight whenever there is an attack by enemies. In this way, Kshatriya can satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead by his occupational duties. Similarly, Avaisha can satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead by properly executing his occupational duties, engaging himself in producing foodstuffs, giving protection to cows, and trading if necessary when there is an excess of agricultural production. Similarly, because Shudras do not have ample intelligence, they should simply engage as workers to serve the higher statuses of social life. Everyone's aim should be to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead by engaging his mind. So this is everyone. Everyone's aim. So first will Prabhupada is going through how the Brahmanas satisfy the Lord, how the Ksatriyas satisfy the Lord, how the Vaishas satisfy the Lord, how the Shudras satisfy the Lord. Now he's going to everyone. Everyone's aim should be to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead by engaging his mind in always thinking of Krishna, his words in always offering prayers to the Lord or preaching about the glories of the Lord, and his body in executing the service required to satisfy the Lord. As there are four divisions within our body, the head, the arms, the belly, and the legs, similarly human society, taken as a whole, is divided into four classes of men according to their material qualities and occupational duties. Thus the brahminical or intelligent men have to execute the duty of the head The ksatriyas must fulfill the duty of the arms, the vaisya class must fulfill the duty of the belly, and the shudras must fulfill the duty of the legs. In executing the prescribed duties of life, no one is higher or lower. There are such divisions as, quote, higher, unquote, and, quote, lower, unquote, but since there is actually a common interest to satisfy the supreme personality of Godhead, there are no distinctions between them. The question may be raised that uh, since the Lord is supposed to be worshipped by great demigods, like Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, and others, how can an ordinary human being on this planet serve him? This is clearly explained by Purchamaraj by the use of the word yata adhikara, according to one's ability. If one simply executes his occupational duty, that will be sufficient. One does not need to become like Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, Indra, Lord Chaitanya, or Ramanujacharya, whose capabilities are certainly far above ours. Even a shudra who is in the lowest stage of life according to the material qualities can achieve the same success. Anyone can become successful in devotional service provided he displays no duplicity. It is explained here that one must be very frank and open-minded. To be situated in a lower status of life is not a disqualification for success in devotional service. The only qualification is that whether one is a Brahmanic, kshatriya, Vaishya, or Shudra, he must be open, frank, and free from reservations. Then, by performing his particular occupational duty under the guidance of a proper spiritual master, he can achieve the highest success in life, as confirmed by the Lord himself, "Sri Vaishyas Tata Sudras, Te Piyantra Paramgatim, Bhagavad Gita 9.32. It does not matter what one is whether brahma, Kshatra, vaishya, sudra or degraded woman if one engages himself seriously in devotional service working with body, mind and intelligence he is sure to be successful in going back home back to godhead the lord's lotus feet are described here as kama dugandri pankajam because they have all power to fulfill the desires of everyone a devotee is happy even in this life because although in material existence we have many needs, all his material needs are satisfied and when he at last quits his body he goes back home, back to Godhead without a doubt. One of these many times that Srila Prabhupada talks about being happy uh, materially and spiritually. Tameva yuyam bhajatatma vritti bhi mano vachakaya be. <inaudible> Amaina Kama Dugan Vipankajam Yata Dikara Vasitartasit Haya Prithya to citizens engaging your minds, your words, your bodies and the results of your occupational duties and being always open-minded you should all render devotional service to the Lord. According to your abilities and the occupations in which you are situated you should engage your service at the lotus feet of the Supreme Personality of Godhead with full confidence and without reservation, then you will surely be successful in achieving the final objective in your lives. So, here Shiva is saying that our adhikar, regardless of our adhikar, regardless of our qualifications from the ordinary point of view, we can all get our material needs met and go back to home, back to Godhead. And it's interesting that this is a theme that we find today in many religious and spiritual organizations, that we are enough. We're enough. Stanisthita, Sri Chaitanya said. We're enough. We just have to take whatever we are and use it to satisfy the Lord. We don't have to become something else. So, this is definitely a theme we find running through, as I say, many religious and spiritual organizations. But there's also a counter-theme. We also find many religious and spiritual organizations that are constantly harp upon the idea that we're not enough. That we have to try to be good in this, this never-ending quest to be something that we're not. That we constantly feel... Uh, dissatisfied with ourselves, uh, to constantly feel insufficient and and guilty, (laughs) Uh, to constantly be mentally and and, uh, in in every way punishing ourselves and and, uh, denigrating ourselves. So, of course, there's some truth to the fact that in one sense we're never enough, as Prabhupada is saying here, you know, what is the comparison between us and Lord Brahma, Lord Shiva, and then he mentions Lord Chaitanya and Ramanujacharya, he mentions Brahma, Shiva, Indra, Lord Chaitanya and Ramanujacharya, and saying that they're far more qualified than we are, uh, without a doubt. (laughs) So, in one sense we can say, I'll never be qualified to worship the Lord, Uh, I'll never be enough, there's nothing I can do to be good enough. On the other hand, we're already enough. We're already enough. Whatever we are is already enough. And that's the, the, the perhaps the paradox here, that in one sense, what are we compared to the great devotees? Certainly, what are we compared to the Lord? How can we approach the Lord? He's completely pure, and we're so impure, we're so fallen. Uh, we have such difficulty just being a decent human being all the time. And yet we're enough. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what is, you know, how intelligent we are, what, what job we have, uh, any of those things. We're enough. We just have to take what we have and use it for the Lord. And if we do that, then we'll get all of our material needs met in this life and we'll also uh, be fully Krishna conscious and go back to home, back to Godhead. So here is the repeated emphasis in this section on Varnashram, vritti bihi, our occupational duty, what we're doing to live, how do we, how do we live, how do we get a, a house and food and clothing and, and so forth. What do we do in order to, to survive in this world? And then we have, so that was delineated according to different types of occupations, how we would use those to satisfy the Lord. Then there's uh, everybody. Everybody uses their body, mind, and words in the service of the Lord. And then then this inner sense of self, uh, this this inner sense of frankness and honesty and uh, an open-mindedness, as, as Srila Prabhupada translates it here, which I, I greatly appreciate. This open-mindedness, frankness, and freedom from duplicity. So we'll look briefly, because we discussed it so many times in other classes, so we'll look briefly at the occupational duties. So here we have, again, as we find all over the Shastra, that the occupational duties in Shastra are divided into four main categories. And these four main categories... Is the Brahmaniksatriya Kshatriya, Vaishya, Shudra. So we can say those who work in the realm of ideas, those who are the the teachers, the scientists, uh, most of the medical persons, the religious persons, uh, those who are, as we say, they're working in the realm of ideas. They're the guide. They're giving the guide for society. They're they're playing with knowledge. And then we have those who work in the realm of government. They are giving protection to the citizens. It's, it's important here, as Shilapapa mentions, charity, especially for those who work in the field of government. So the people in the field of government, they're living by, you know, those in the field of ideas, they generally are not so interested in earning wealth, and they're given wealth as gifts by the rest of society, at least traditionally, nowadays, of course, College professors and doctors may draw a salary. And those in the field of government, they are collecting taxes, and the taxes are directly related to the prosperity of the citizens. Prabhupada says that the citizens are supposed to give up to 25% of their income in taxes, and so the government has they have a personal vested interest in having a prosperous country or whatever realm if they're running a city or a state or whatever. But they have a personal vested interest in having their citizens be prosperous because they get a percentage of that prosperity. But they're supposed to take the percentage that percentage they collect in taxes and use it give it back for the good of the citizens. So to build roads, to build, you know, hospitals and schools and parks. Uh, medical care and so forth to maintain those who are in the field of ideas so that they can serve the rest of society and they have to be prepared, as Prabhupada says here to give away all of their possessions in charity because their possessions are coming from taxes and so if there's a need in the state if there's a need where they govern that cannot be fulfilled by the normal giving of taxes then there's by the normal uh, spending of taxes, then they're supposed to be prepared to give everything they have okay, well, we'll give everything and, and, and live in poverty so that our citizens can be happy. You know, the, those in the field of government especially, they have this mood of sacrificing that they're willing to risk their life and their health for the protection of the society. They, we have Arjuna's son's name was Avi Manu. Avi means toward and Manu means danger or anger sometimes. One who's willing to run toward danger. You can think of a, a firefighter. Who runs into the fire, right? The soldier who runs into the battle, the police officer who goes, you know, into the house where the criminals are. So, going towards danger, risking themselves, and they'll, they'll risk everything. Like Ram was willing to sacrifice his beloved wife so that the citizens would have faith in the government. And then we have those in the field of resources. They're generating all the wealth for society. So, those in the field of ideas. They're given wealth by others in society. Those in the field of government, they're collecting a percentage of that wealth and redistributing it. And those in the field of resources, they're taking the resources from the animals, the land, the water, the air, and they're turning that into usable wealth. They're turning that into milk. They're turning it into wool. They're turning it into cotton and you know carrots and potatoes and tomatoes and pharmaceuticals building products and everything. They're, take, they're transforming the wealth that's already inherent in the earth and in the animals, and they're putting it into a usable form, which they then distribute to society. And those in the field of resources, they have the opposite view to those in the field of government, that instead of running into danger, they put their own oxygen masks on first. So they know that in order to sustainably be able to distribute wealth to society— they have to themselves be prosperous. Are there? Although they're also, those in the field of resources are also traditionally been some of the biggest philanthropists in human society when there's an excess. So Prabhupada talks about trading when there's an excess. The, those in the field of resources are providing all of the wealth for everybody in society. They're providing the wealth to those in the field of government through what they pay in taxes. Those in the field of government, in turn, Give in charity to those in the field of ideas, that's coming from the field of resources. Those in the field of resources give directly to those in the field of ideas. Then they employ those in the field of artistry, and they're also supplying the means for others to employ uh, those in the field of artistry. So it's people in the field of resources who are giving the wealth to everyone, like Prabhupada compares here, their stomach, that are providing the nutrition for the rest of the body. And the rest of the body can't function without that nutrition. And they've got to make sure that they're healthy in order to provide nutrition to everybody. They're, they're not... If they try to sacrifice themselves for everybody, then they won't be able to sustain providing wealth for everyone. And you can see why these different mentalities uh, are incompatible. The mentality of someone in the field of ideas is incompatible with someone in the field of government, and uh, which is incompatible with someone in the field of resources. And those in the field of artistry, they're making society work. Uh, they're compared to the legs. So if your legs don't work, you're, you're literally you're crippled. You're handicapped. You can't function very well. You have to function with some aid. You know, you have to get some crutches or some wheelchair or, or someone else to, to help you. Right? And if everything we're doing is dependent on our legs, and therefore the Bhagavatam identifies the legs with, uh, surprisingly enough, Lord Vishnu because the legs facilitate all of the yagya all of the different occupations and it is those in the field of artistry who make society function and without the field of artistry no- nothing would would work you know it, there you wouldn't you wouldn't have any water <laughs> you wouldn't you wouldn't have a means of transporting food nobody would be turning the you know, the people in the field of resources, they're supplying the cotton, they're supplying the wool, but it's those in the field of artistry that are turning that into clothing, that are turning that into furniture. They're, you know, the field of artistry is giving you the wood, the field of resources is giving you the wood, the field of artistry is turning it into houses, is turning it into furniture, is transporting the food and the medicines and the clothing from one place to another, is, is providing all of the beauty in the world is coming from those in the field of artistry. And we can say all of the rasa, all of the pleasure in life, Prabhupada talks in the end of this purport about having all your desires fulfilled. We have this word Kama Duga. Kama duga Angri pankacham So all of the desires in human society are provided by those in the field of artistry. They're the ones who are providing the, the music, the artwork, uh, everything. Dance, theater, and just everything that's—I say—working. No matter how simple or or complex a society we have, it's those in the field of artistry that provide all the functionality, all the beauty, and all of the rasa. So, all of these persons in these four main categories, and all of the hundreds of thousands or millions of occupations that one can have fit into one of these categories. They're all meant to satisfy the Lord. Because when Srila Prabhupada talks about being the head, the arms, the belly, and the legs, that's, in one sense, of the universal body. People talk a lot about the universe. So this is about the universal body. And in one sense, as Prabhupada says, you can talk about higher and lower, but in another sense, um, you know, I mean, do you want to just be a brain? (laughs) I don't think any of us would want to be, you know, a quadriplegic with a feeding tube and all we are is a brain. You know, you can live like that where the rest of your body is barely functioning, but that's not it's not a very desirable life. It's not that anybody, you know, would choose, well let me choose to have that kind of a life. So we want a fully functioning body and while we can talk again about higher or lower, they're all important. And they all satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead, but in different ways, and many times in opposite ways. You know, those in the field of artistry tend to be very satisfied with their work and having their material needs met, having a a happy family and so forth. They're not usually thinking in a very expansive way, Uh, in a similar but different way. Those in the field of ideas tend to be very satisfied with simplicity of life. Uh, Those in the field of artistry, because they're just simple. (laughs) Their, Their needs and wants tend to be rather simple. Those in the field of ideas, because they may have very complex needs and desires, but they're satisfied more intellectually and more internally. And those in the fields of government and resources are very expensive. They have to be expensive. If you're in the field of government, you have to take care of, you know, hundreds of thousands or millions of people... I guess if it's a small town, or you' just have running an apartment complex, maybe it's just a few hundred people. But you think expansively, and in the field of resources, you have to think expansively. So if, if you have someone who thinks in a simple way, in a field where you have to speak, think expansively, or someone in a field where they, and someone who's naturally an expansive thinker, who's in a field where you have to think simply, then it, it's incompatible. And if you have someone in a field where you have to go into danger, but their natural tendency is to take care of themselves first, then you have incompatibility. If you have somebody in a field where you with a natural inclination to rush into danger, and they're in a field where they have to take care of themselves first, then it's going to be incompatible. If you have someone whose natural inclination is to do a lot of research and a lot of care, and maybe take years coming to a different conclusion from different angles of vision, and they're in a field where they have to make split-second decisions on the battlefield, then you're going to have an incompatibility. If you have someone whose nature is to make split-second decisions in business or in, in, in government, and you put them in a field where they really have to do thorough care and research and investigation, you're going to have an incompatibility. So, each of the all of the many millions of occupations have been divided by the lord chatravanuyashas tamguna karma Visha, according to these four very broad types of mentality uh, particular inclination particular mentality and all of them are needed and all of them can be used for the service of the lord and i really like i think it's very important here that jila writes early in the purport in the second sentence This necessitates accepting the principle of four varnas and four ashrams. The principle. So it's not that in 2020 we're supposed to adopt all the details. In fact, the details of the different varnas and ashramas, here we're mostly talking about the varnas, not the ashramas, the details of the ashramas change radically from one yuga to another and even one country to another, they're, they're constantly in flux, these details. It's not that we're going to take the details of 10 million years ago and apply them to our occupations now. That would not only be absurd, but it would cause a disturbance. But what we can take are the principles. A principle is one should work according to one's nature, That the way that one gets one's food and clothing and home should be according to one's nature. That's a principle. The principle that there's cooperation between the different occupations, between the different parts of the body, that's a principle. The principle that there's competition within that field... Right? You want the best ideas, you want the best government, you want the best resources, you want the best artistry. So there's competition within that field, is also a principle. The idea that everyone should give in charity. The big charity givers are going to be those in the field of government and those in the field of resources. But the concept that whatever wealth you have, you should share. That's a principle. Exactly how you share, with whom you share it. Those are details. The concept that we should work as part of the universal body, that we shouldn't just be working for our own satisfaction, that is a principle. But within whatever occupation we have, we can be working to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead at every moment, with the people we deal with, with the objects we deal with. Seeing how we're contributing to the health of the Lord's own body as Srila Prabhupada writes in the Bhagavatam, that we are each cells in the universal body of the Lord. So, generally, the cells in our own body are not conscious of our existence. Right? The, the cells, you know, I'm, I'm speaking, I'm using my tongue, my lips, and my teeth, and my vocal cords, and my lungs to speak. But I'm pretty sure that a little cell in my vocal cord is, has no awareness of me the soul in, that's in this body, that that little soul that's in the vocal cord or that little soul that's in my tongue is probably only aware of its own needs. So we are supposed to be Krishna conscious in whatever occupation we are. We're supposed to be not just aware of my own existence but of the greater body of which I am part. Now that's for each particular occupation, but then Srila Prabhupada also in this purport says everybody. Or everyone, everyone. So what can everyone do? Regardless of our occupation, everyone, Right? Prabhupada says everyone's. everyone's aim should be to satisfy the Supreme Personality of Godhead by engaging his mind and always thinking of Krishna. So whether you're a research scientist working on a cure for cancer, or whether you're the Secretary of the Interior, or whether you're a firefighter, or whether you're a cotton grower, or whether you're in banking, or whether you're making you know, furniture, or painting pictures, whatever one's doing, one should be thinking about Krishna. And we we can say that means thinking about Krishna as Swayam Bhagavan, uh, thinking about Krishna in his original form in Vrindavana, or in Vaikuntha, or any of his incarnations. And it also means thinking of Krishna within this world as the as the light, as the water, as our ability, as our intelligence, as the life of all that lives, as a super soul in everyone's heart. Thinking of, of the world that we see, the trees as the hair on his body, the sun and the moon as his eyes, the rivers as his veins. So thinking of Krishna both in terms of the world and in terms of, of Swayam Bhagavan, and then he says, And in always offering prayers to the Lord or preaching about the glories of the Lord. So that means, all is using the word always. So whatever we're doing, whatever is our occupation, at all times, we should be able to relate everything to the Lord. And then he also says, And his body in executing the service required to satisfy the Lord. So this refers again, Prabhupada refers it again right back to our occupation, that that's a service required by the Lord. The Lord requires that the garbage is picked up. The Lord requires that the doors are put into the frames and the houses. The Lord requires that there's art and music. The Lord requires that there's scientists. The Lord requires that there's protection. The Lord requires that there's milk. I mean, all these, th- these things are services required by the Lord. But we can also and Prabhupada's using it in that sense here. But we can also understand the service required by the Lord is also in the form of direct worship of the deity, and everyone can engage in the worship of the deity. I mean, perhaps it's just the priests who are doing the direct worship, but everybody can see the worship. Everyone can have a, an altar. Uh, we have a construction man here in the property who calls it our shrine. He said, I notice all of you, your shrine has to be there in your, in your home. So everyone can have a place of worship. Everyone can study the, the words of the Acharyas, the words of the Lord. So everyone can do some service for the deity, even if it's just bringing a flower to the temple. Yes? So that's true for everybody. It doesn't matter whether one is a man or woman, it doesn't matter whether one is a garbage collector or writing books of poetry. It doesn't matter whether you're the prime minister of a country or whether you're milking the cows. Whatever it may be, we can always think of Krishna, we can speak about Krishna, and we can do service to him both through our occupations and uh, through the nine processes of bhakti. And then another very important point here is, again for everybody, this sense of self. Prabhupada says, is such a wonderful thing. He says, no one is higher or lower. There are such divisions as quote-unquote higher and quote-unquote lower. So that means that one can see from a particular point of view that the brain is more important than the knee. Yeah. The brain is more important than the arms. We could say the arms are more important than the legs. And that way we can say higher or lower. But really there isn't a higher or lower. Nobody wants to lose their leg. <laughs> well, can I cut off your right leg? No. <laughs> so there's no higher or lower. Prabhupada says, since there's a common interest, there's no distinctions between them. So Krishna's not distinguishing. Just like I don't distinguish. You know, if, if my toe is, is infected or my toe is broken... I'm going to take care of my toe. I'm going to take care of my toe just as much as I'm going to take care of my stomach or as much as I'm going to take care of my arm. I'm not going to say, oh, you're just a toe, you know, I don't need to bother with you. Go ahead and be infected. They're, they're all important. And to Krishna, it's like that. From Krishna's perspective, everyone is important. He's, he's not distinguishing this is really important work. This is really not important work, and that—that's a sense of our own worthiness, our own adhikar. We have the adhikar to serve Krishna simply because maamayam sanatana. We're part of Krishna. Immediately, we have the adhikar, just like Lord Brahma is saying that with this daivat, we inherit the kingdom of God. Robin says the child inherits the father's wealth just by remaining alive. You know it's not that oh, I'm, I'm just a toenail so I'm not worthy this other person is the heart. I mean I, I, you know I'm sure that many of us do this, but I look at the activities of some of my god brothers and God sisters and just think, wow, you know how can I ever offer that? I've been thinking about a lot about Shiva Ramswami, how, you know, he established two communities, one in Budapest and one in the farm in Rajnam. and then he's written so many books. I mean, the nine books of Mahima and probably another, like, ten books, and, you know, each of them were like this thick and beautifully illustrated and so deep in Krishna consciousness. And I thought, there's no way, even if I live to be 200 that I will ever be able to give to Srila Prabhupada what he's given to Srila Prabhupada. I, I can't even imagine it. You know, and we, we can all look at various devotees on earth and say, well, you know, how could I do, or Dr. Chiyaswami just left this world and meditating on his incredible Vaishnava etiquette and culture, which, which I'm not going to have in this life. You know, I am just not going to display that kind of, and degree of etiquette, and I might feel, well, you know, what do I have to offer? And Prabhupada is assuring us here that we are worthy. Whatever ability we have, it doesn't matter how insignificant that ability is in, in comparison to others. It's not that we, we look at someone else and say, oh, you know, we're probably talking about Lord Brahma. <laughs> I mean, you know, Lord Brahma creates the whole universe. So what am I in comparison to Lord Brahma? I mean, I have difficulty creating a book or a little school or something like that, you know, and he's creating a universe. But that that's not how we should understand ourselves. It's not that we make some kind of of unattainable ideal and then always berate ourselves or feel bad about ourselves that we can't reach what's unreachable. But Stan tito, we stay in our place whatever my place is. I'm I'm worthy just because I'm part of Krishna. I'm worthy just because he loves me. There's not really a higher or lower. From one perspective there's a higher or lower. But Ultimately, Krishna doesn't see like that. Krishna doesn't even see, you know, demons as lower. He, he has them enter in his abode many times, like Putana. And so what do we have to do? Just have this open-mindedness. That's so sweet, huh? That Prabhupada is just saying to be open-minded, to have frankness, not to have duplicity. Here I am. I, is I am what I am? This is my abilities, this is my idiosyncrasies, this is my whatever, my inabilities, my limitations. Everyone has some limitation. Krishna says every activity is covered by fault, just like smoke is covering fire. It's not that if you work in the field of ideas that there's no problems. Every ashram has its problems you know every country every everything has its problems we all have our difficulties we all have our uh, our inabilities it doesn't matter just to rejoice that krishna is accepting my service i'm i'm fallen i'm you know practically speaking useless what i'm contributing to society is so insignificant that it it, it can hardly be measured and by lord Brahma's... As soon as Lord Brahmad goes to sleep, it's all going to be annihilated. In fact, it'll probably be annihilated a long time before that. I'm just building little block towers like a child or a little sandcastle. But Krishna's happy with that. Yeah. Parents are happy when they're, you know, visiting my granddaughter pretty much every day and they're a little child. I guess he's about five months old now. You know, so he can roll from his back to his stomach and he can reach things. I mean, big deal. That's not a great accomplishment. But they're thrilled because he's their child. Oh, he can grab things now. How thrilling. So Krishna's like that. Krishna's like that. Oh, you, you said my name one time with attention. You gave me something to eat. You're trying to remember me in your occupation. And, he, and he's thrilled and he's happy and it's, it's enough and so it's very deep it's very sublime as Prabhupada would use that word at the same time it's very simple know who we are work accordingly do it to please Krishna and be satisfied with that be satisfied whatever my abilities are and know what our abilities are don't pretend that we're something that we're not and don't feel ashamed of what we are and use it to please Krishna and then it's perfect that if everyone does that we have a beautiful society where everyone's needs are satisfied and everyone goes back to home back to Godhead so we have some time for questions comments chastisements
1: corrections. I have a question Yes. Uh, my question, uh, like you, just one tiny part of your uh, talk, it's Um, you know, as an artist, <laughs> you were saying, and it's like, of course, I know what you're saying, but if someone from the outside heard that talk, when well, you were stressing how that maybe overstressing it, I thought that the sutras, the legs, they're providing all the beauty, all the... That just doesn't ring, from what I understand. Like, I went to see different artists in Udaipur. They're named Sharma. They're Brahmanas, you know. Um, It seems to me that when all these great temples were built, they were just like Dronacharya was some type of Brahmana. He was a military Brahmana. They had Brahmanas supervising the other guys. I mean, yeah, they're providing all the pleasure. I mean, Ramananda Roy, he kind of... uh, not a he was some kind of he was a king or a sudra, what is he called? A uh, Khayastu. but you know, Rupa baswami they're born Brahmanas, they're providing so much pleasure with their writing. I don't know, it's sounded a little extreme to say that the sudras to mix artisans with sudras. Like when Prabhupada was asked about the ISKCON artists, he said, No, they're doing the aradhana it's not sudra work. So, yeah, of course, Krishna consciousness, we don't follow all, but it seemed a little
0: extreme to say... Oh, right, well, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Pushkar. So, uh, let's look at the, those in the field of ideas and those in the field of artistry. Because in the field of artistry, we have providing all of the function in society and all of the beauty in society. There's no question that they're providing everything that's beautiful and everything that's functional. Now, when you look at the top echelons in the field of artistry, when you start looking at the fine arts, the fine arts that don't provide any functionality at all, you know, not commercial arts, but fine arts. I
1: mean, people playing sitars, you know? Yes, yes.
0: When you mean, look, called, and a lot of them are prominent. When you look at the fine arts some of the people in the fine arts are in the field of artistry and some of the people in the fine arts are in the field of ideas. And let's put aside for a moment the transcendence of bhakti. Let's, let's just put that off to the side for a moment. So when, the, when it comes to the fine arts, there are those in the field of ideas who are using the fine arts and then there are those in the field of artistry who are involved in the fine arts. And as far as uh, my good friend Rukmini and I who are working on this book on on Varna Dharma and Dharma, can understand, the distinction is what's motivating you. So if what's motivating you is to communicate beauty and aesthetics, if that's the main thing that's motivating you in the practice of the fine arts, then you're in the field of artistry. If the main thing that's motivating you is, truth, is communication of truth and wisdom, then you're simply using another medium. So the communication of truth and wisdom doesn't have to be with words. You can communicate truth and wisdom through mathematics. You can communicate truth and wisdom through painting, through dance, through drama, through sculpture, uh, in, through music. So just like if you think about modern musicians, some modern musicians, just not devotees, some modern musicians, primarily in their music, are trying to communicate uh, beauty and enjoyment. That's, that's the main thing they're communicating. They may be trying to communicate some sort of truth on some level, but they're not trying to communicate truth with a capital T. You know, just, I love that man, and he left me, and now I'm crying, or something like that. Or, you know, we're having a fun party. or, or That's they're, the main thing that they're trying to to give to the society is enjoyment and then you have other musicians where the main thing they're trying to communicate is big truth and sometimes even their music is not as aesthetically pleasing you know but they're, they're far more what they're trying to communicate is wisdom and truth they're just using music to do that and someone else may be using dance to do that or using drama to do that rather than writing a book or rather than giving a class and again that's also done through mathematics so in that level of fine arts you have definitely some of the people in the field of ideas and some of the people in the field of artistry but if we're talking about dharma, artha, kama, moksha the kama in society the fulfillment of our material desires in society is done by those in the field of artistry it's guided by those in the field of ideas when people in the field of ideas are using the fine arts to communicate their aim is not comma it's not what they're trying for they're trying for they're aiming people to achieve moksha or in, in the case of Vaishnavas bhakti but people in the motive in the in the field of artistry that's not where they're coming from and there wouldn't be pleasure in life and there's got to be pleasure in life. In this purport, Prabhupada's talking about having kama, having enjoyment in this life, having happiness in this life, having beautiful clothing and having delicious food and having aesthetically pleasing buildings, architecture and landscapes. And that's not, That is all coming from the field of artistry. It's not coming from the other fields. Now, when we look at bhakti, if someone's a Vaishnava, Vaishnavi, then in one sense you really can't designate them as being in the field of ideas, government resources, or artistry. And in, in one sense, that that's not, doesn't really have any meaning because they're working on a different platform. They're not identifying with the abilities of the body and the mind. They're identifying purely as Krishna's servants. They're, you know, it's in a different realm, those who are transcendent. And for them, as Bhagavad Gita 424, everything merges into transcendence. There's, you know, even for people who are not full-on Vaishnavas, if the country is run by real, by, you know, government people who are really listening to those in the field of ideas under and everything done by the scriptures, then even if people aren't full-on Vaishnavas and aren't really trying to go back to Godhead or achieve transcendence, everything is directly or indirectly being offered to the Lord but for those who are fully Krishna conscious or in a in the process of pure devotional service it changes the nature of everything it, it you know whatever field you're in whatever occupation you're in it, it goes to a different sphere and I think the a way to understand it would be that The cells in my tongue are working for my benefit, but they don't know they are. And they're not trying to. Those little cells are trying to work for their own benefit. They have no sense, I would assume, that I even exist, what to speak of working for me. Although they are working for me, because they're in their natural place. So in a society where everyone's in their natural place, they are working for the good of the Lord. But they may not be aware of it. Let's say the cells in my fingers and the cells in my tongue could be aware of my existence and could consciously be working for my benefit in addition to their own. So that's the the view of a jiva who's awake to Krishna consciousness. They're conscious, oh, I, I'm part of the universal body, I'm part of the body of the Lord. Oh, I'm doing this to satisfy the Lord. Even if I'm in the field of artistry and my purpose is to provide beautiful gardens for people to walk through, I'm doing that ultimately to please the Lord. I may not be doing artistry directly to communicate truth as people in the field of ideas are, but I'm still doing it to please the Lord. I want the Lord to be happy with me. I want society to function nicely for His satisfaction. And then everything's bhakti. And then distinguishing between these fields is simply on a practical basis that okay, well, this is your way to serve the Lord. That's your way to serve the Lord. Is that does that satisfy you, Pushkar? I don't know. i, I I'm,
1: No, I'm, no, it doesn't. Because, because I thought you were just someone could get the the impression that you were describing the a sort an ashram because. And I just don't get the impression that at any time in history where things so delineated, you know, Nanda Mirage has bows and arrows, even Raghunathas, even Kobabada had bows and arrows to defend us. I mean... There's just so much overlap in the Varna Varnatram. The tendency is there, okay, these are... But, like, <clears throat> it sounded like you were making it so extreme that nobody except sudras are providing pleasure in any way. You, If I play that back, you were saying that it just sounded so extreme that uh, if I were an outsider, of course, I, I, I don't think that you really... I mean, if you really meant it, it just sounded really...
0: All right, well, well uh, let's, let's, let's put it to a test. Let's imagine a society where there's nobody in the field of artistry.
1: Okay? You're conflating... First of all, I don't agree that you're conflating artistry with... Sudras and that
0: sounds strange. If I can say one, one thing, isn't it that the uh, definition of shudra is someone who is employed, period? He can be professor. If he is employed by somebody, he's a Shudra. Oh well, then you're really opening a can of worms there because then, then you're looking at a detail of Varna Dharma rather than a principle. You know, because in order for somebody to be not employed, you have to have a whole system in society that may not exist at any particular point in time. So, once you go to, if you're going to go to that way of defining the fields, you're you're going to end up in trouble. You know, you are definitely going to go end up in trouble. It's it's better to look at the print. In my opinion, it's better to look at the principles rather than the details. And I would say that's a detail. But let's go to Pushkar's point. Let's say you had a society that had, um, you had people who were preaching truth and preaching religion. They were probably living very austerely, very simply. Then you had people, you know, running the government, making sure that everybody got uh you know, their basic necessities. But wait a minute, how would they get their necessities? Because there'd be nobody to run around distributing them. That would be a problem. You wouldn't have, you'd have this government and you would have a government that how would they get water to people? How would they have roads? How how would there be buildings... You know, the- Yeah, but
1: that's always a quandary. Like, when you talk about Chaitryas, and you have a whole battle of Khrushchev, say, uh, was everyone a Chaitrya? Or they were all soldiers? Were some of them just as... I mean, Chaitrya had to have some land, right? Like, the Pandavas had to have a, at least one village. Every guy couldn't have a village. So, I mean, some of them were just trained soldiers who picked up bows and arrows and spears. I mean, really, I mean, do we really know that they were all... Um, 600,000 whatever soldiers. I mean, sometimes they say 60 million, 600 million, um, you
0: know. Well, the Ksatryas hundred Ksatryas hundred had to soldiers. have land because they had to collect taxes. But you definitely have Kshatriyas police officers and firefighters are definitely Kshatriyas. They don't have to own their own land. You know, just like you have, uh, there are uh, head Vaishas and, and subordinate Vaishas. And if you're going to have among the Shudras, not all Shudras are employed. You know, if you think about like the guy repairing your flip-flops in the middle of Govardhan village. He's definitely a shudra, but he's not employed by anybody exactly. He's not drawing salary. So it's much more a sense of proclivity and nature that we're looking at for these fields. And as soon as you eliminate those in the field of artistry, everything in society breaks down. Nothing works anymore. And nothing's beautiful anymore. And the, the reason that I like the term artistry is that, like right now, um, I, I'm, I'm stuck here in North Carolina. I can't travel anywhere. I've been staying with some devotees, and uh, although they're very generous to let me stay with them, they they don't want me staying with them to the end of time, and I have no idea when I'm going to be able to go forward. So the temple's offered to have me stay in a room at the temple, but that room is, is, is in disrepair. So we're getting this guy to fix it up, to repair it. Somebody's making a lot of noise and needs to meet themselves. Maybe, Ramananda, you can figure out who needs to meet themselves. So th- this guy's a construction worker. But, you know, we had light fixtures in the ceiling that weren't working. There's a skylight in the middle, a round skylight, and then there's two light fixtures on the side that weren't working, so they needed to be replaced. And he replaced them with light fixtures that matched the skylight. That he's an artisan. I mean, he's a construction worker. He's not making sculpture, but he's an artisan, and he wants everything to look beautiful. Even, even the the garbage collectors. What are they doing? They're providing beauty for the society. They're creating beauty in the society. I don't. If if people are doing shudra work properly according to Vedic standards then even those who are doing what we might say purely functional work, there's some element of beauty in it and there's some element of pride in their craftsmanship and in their artistry, even in how they're repairing the flip-flops in the middle of Govardhan Town. You know, there, there's
1: this well, The are the masters of the military art, right?
0: Everybody has a craft and I everybody has, has an art. <laughs> everybody has a craft and everybody has an art. You can say... That, that in every field and in every occupation there's a craft
1: but, but the brahmanas t- are cooking incredible prashad dishes or whatever they are you know may know how to cook 5,000 prep.
0: maybe Pushkar Prabhu we should have you as one of the people who review our book before we, we publish it and you can you can go through it and tear it apart I mean one of the things Rigwini and I have, have spent a lot of time and a lot of research and, and meditation and prayer on, is why these four distinctions... And,
1: it just doesn't sound right.
0: And what are, the, what, are the, what are the reason? there must be a reason why God himself has divided all occupations into four... He could have divided yeah, all occupations
1: you're into ten. Threw in the artistry. You said you like the term artistry.
0: I like the you term liked artistry. It. You well, are
1: the one who objecting these terms, of giving pleasure. The, the only ones who get pleasure are the students and you're the one throwing in complaints. I,
0: I I agree. I, I I I'm not disagreeing that I put an English term to it. Um, you know, we decided not to use the Sanskrit terms because there's already a lot of pejorative associations with them. And we really struggled to come up with English terms that would communicate the nature of the field. So, you know, there's a limitation. I mean, Prabhupada would often say intellectuals, administrators, um, productive class, and laborers. But, I you know...
1: throwing in the field of ideas. We're, we're going to have a problem
0: with those terms, too, because not all the sutras are laborers you know, when we think of laborers, and when by Prabhupada using the word administrators, I find a lot of devotees really have confusion with this word administrators, that they think anybody who's managing anything is exatria. So we, we have, or you're going to say intellectuals, so is the person cooking in the temple kitchen, are, you know, are they an intellectual? So we're going to have a problem getting, if we're going to choose a, a word to to substitute for these Sanskrit terms we're going to have a problem. It, it, and it, be- sounded, like,
1: it sounded like you were like increasing the Upanis rather than decreasing them, like your emphasis was on that's all. Anyway, I said enough of my stupid
0: face. No, I know, no, it's not at all stupid. It's not at all stupid. Uh, you're yeah, one of the I mean, you're one stupid. of the predominant shining intellectuals in our Hare Krishna movement.
1: So, right, so I don't want to. I don't want to go up against people who write books on. You know, I don't write books. No,
0: books on. no,
1: not all these terms you're throwing around seem to be increasing the Upadis and making artificial designations.
0: That's well, all. well they, they already, that. they already are Upadis. Brahman, Vaishya, Vaiseshuja are by definition Upadis. Yeah.
1: They are labels. But you're increasing that by by exaggerating and saying that. You're giving it a more delineation, a sharper edge, by saying you actually said it. No, they are providing all the pleasure for everything, and they're doing everything. It's just like, doesn't sound right to me.
0: All right, so in what way do people in government directly, not indirectly, directly provide comma,
1: Directly. Well, I mean, they... They're taking all those taxes and distributing it in the various ways you mentioned, and that's... But the, uh, that's indirectly. It's not directly. They could go out directly and do it if they had to. <laughs> uh, that's, the cheating, Sudras, Sudras that's cheating, Pushkar. so-called Sudras that's decided cheating. to call that, that's and stick. That an that, that, that's cheating. That actual
0: That's cheating. That's emergency work, and you're saying anybody could do anything in emergency. But in the nature of the work of Satriya... <laughs> when do they ever directly provide comma?
1: I like there's so many trillions of situations we're not even. We can't even know what happened like 200 years ago, 50 years ago. Okay,
0: but we can say as a general principle that they don't. And if you look at the brahmanas, not only are they not directly providing comma, they're pushing against that. The brahmanas are directly providing vairagya. That's what they're providing to the society. They're providing detachment. They're going to provide, you know, bitter truth if necessary. It's not the business of the Brahmanas to provide kama directly to people. Indirectly? Yes. Directly? No. Even if the Brahmanas are writing beautiful poetry, they're writing beautiful poetry to encourage people in vairagya and yam. Even if a Brahmana is doing a beautiful dance or making a beautiful picture, their purpose is Gyan and Vairagya. So who is providing... Prabh,
1: Prabhupada told Himavadi in the letter we are all artists. When she shaved her head and, and she thought Hampstead was going to take Sanas back at 73 or something and she had shaved her head and Prabhupada came to know of it. He wrote to the letter, we are, why have you shaved your head? Krishna's are not interested in ugly gopis. You know, we we're all artists and we're all poets and musicians well
0: now again now you're going to to the transcendent platform so there's
1: we should push for that not like but but
0: we have both push you can't blame me for the fact that in (laughs) Shilakopla's books and in the Bodwig that both are there that's not my responsibility okay (laughs) you're shooting the messenger here and in, in, nine, in Bhagavad Gita 9.30, Prabhupada talks about our conditional activities and our constitutional activities. Now, when you take the conditional activities and you use them for Krishna, it's the iron rod and the fire that acts like fire. And, you know, then...
1: You, if, you, if we push, if we talk and describe things in, in the sense of Varnashramapathis, it seems like we're trying to, we're almost like put, keeping people in this idea of, of uh, the Asuric Varnashram. Well, I don't know
0: what to do with all these purports then. It's going to be a problem. No, what are we going to do? What are we going to do, do with all these purports? Anyway, I don't see it as a... This, was, this is the Bhagavad Gita. You're going to the Bhagavad Gita where Arjuna our, our is... The Bhagavad Gita is essentially how to act as a, as a Vaishnava as if you were superficially in the world as a this or a that or the other thing. So as far as society in general, why is it beneficial to use these four upadis? Why? It, Krishna must think it's a good idea. Now, it's not done in the beginning of Satya Yuga, then it's not necessary. But even at the end of Satya Yuga, it's there. And for most of the time, for most humans designating them by these upadis is helpful. Now, it's also helpful to realize that I'm not any of these things, that I'm transcendental to them. But why is it helpful to designate anybody at all? Why Why do it? Why is Krishna doing this? And why is, is it all over the Bhagavatam? It's just everywhere, all over the Bhagavatam. It's all over Srila Prabhupada's purports and
1: Prabhupada's classes.
0: Why? There, there must be some reason. I, I can probably
1: find a, a bunch of references where Prabhupada said it's impossible to bring back Varnashram.
0: Oh, definitely. You... It's definitely impossible to bring back Varnashram in terms of most of the details. Like, like you know, Yugula Rasa talking about salaries. Forget it. But the principles, that's what I really liked in this purport where Prabhupada was talking about principles. The principles of... Well,
1: somehow you're attracted to that aspect. Other people get different things, you know, out of it, uh, so...
0: Well, I just, that's all right, and that's...
1: that's hopefully a, your whole book doesn't just push the idea that only sudras can provide pleasure for the entire human society. It just would sound like what people would try to figure out. There's so much more detail in Prabhupada's books. It, it, but, I would i have never get the impression that only sujas I mean I'd have to go back and play back what you said but or you've probably written it in your books but it just sounds extreme and it just uh, but it,
0: if mean, you I know Pushkar it's actually a very wonderful thing because I think many many times in ISKCON and in India uh, people look at sujas and just say you know they're just lowly and they're just influenced by Tamagun and they're not useful for anything, they're just helping everybody else who's doing something useful. But why do the Shastras say that everyone is valuable, and in one sense is no higher or lower? What are people in that field of work? What yeah, are they... The, you're just doing the pendulum effect. You're just, okay, now we're going to say we're going to put
1: the suitors up and make them as the only providers of pleasure in the entire society. Of karma? I mean, from one extreme to the other well
0: if you could different. show me how in the other fields of work, in the in that work itself, is directly a provider of comma, of sense gratification to society, then we'll look at it. But wait a minute.
1: Did I, I maybe I just fallen asleep during you reading the purport. In this purport it specifically said that this what you're saying? I mean does it say that?
0: Did you want me to just read the purport and then in the class after the purport? Or do you want me to give a class on the purport?
1: No, no. Show me in the purport where it says that only the sutras provide. Place. Prabhupada
0: is not Prabhupada as he usually does. Doesn't talk much about the about the contribution of the sutras.
1: But well, you stressed it.
0: Yeah. I did <laughs> because because when Prabhupada is saying in this purport. And, by the way, I welcome you challenging me like this. When Prabhupada's saying in this purport that there's no higher or lower. There's no higher or lower. There is a higher or lower, but there isn't higher or lower. So what does that mean? That means that everyone is offering something that's equally valuable. And often we take it, you know, we can understand the value of the brahmanas, the value of the Kshatriyas, the value of the vishas. What is the value of the shudras? Yeah, their value is supportive. Definitely their value is supportive. But it's not only supportive. They're adding the aesthetics to life.
1: Some of them are. Some of them are.
0: Well, let, Let's say, let's say I mean, you
1: it's had, not like it, 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 as a, a a class of uh, students, they're they're all doing that. It just doesn't ring right in my head
0: that's all. Well, I guess I'm looking at an ideal, also. I'm not looking at the modern society where often people in different, in these different occupations like the Ksatriyas who are stealing from the citizens and who are sending people off to unnecessary wars and the Vaishas who are, you know, raping the earth and killing the animals and the Brahmanas who are preaching atheism and the Shudras who are working in a factory. You know, if you look at things in that way then everything is sick. It's a sick social body where every part of the body is diseased. And so if you're going to look at a diseased body and you're going to say, what's everybody, What's each part of the body providing, then it, it's going to be a lot more difficult to understand. You know, if you've got a brain tumor and you've got stomach ulcers... And, you know, then it's going to be a difficult thing. So I'm, I'm looking more at an ideal society. You know, that definition for, for shudra who is actually employed is, uh, maybe this is for Kali Yuga works, I don't know, that's Ravindra Swarup the explanation was. And, but my question was that uh, why Prabhupada didn't. Well, what
1: did, wait a minute, go, stop oh. this, the tape. He you, you said, Rabindra Shubh said what about Sutras?
0: That Sh- Shudra becomes one who is employed. So he is doing what another person tells him to do. So the person becomes shudra because he, he's not acting anymore independently. Well, that I mean, Prabhupada makes that point. But if you're going to talk about anyone who draws a salary as automatically a shudra, you're going to have you're going to have a problem. And we do have a difficulty that people who are naturally brahmins satriyas and vaishyas get compromised to some extent by the fact that in modern society they often have to draw a salary. It's, it's a difficulty for them and it doesn't allow them to fully exhibit the nature of their field. But that doesn't mean that they're not working in the other fields and it doesn't mean that they're not inclined to the other fields. Does that make sense to you? You know, if you're a scientist, if you're a scientist by nature and you're working in a scientific field, then you have the nature of a brahmana and you're working in a brahminical field. Now, if, unfortunately, you're drawing a salary which then compels you to work in that field in a way that's against the ideals of the Brahminical field, then that's a pollution in the field. But the fact that you're getting a salary doesn't mean that all of a sudden you have the nature of a shudra or that you're doing shudra work.
1: Well, Prabhupada stresses that it does mean that. I mean, he'll say scientists are all complicit with the demoniac government, and they're they're not scientists, and you know. Then we have the example of Maya Donovan that what uh, Krishnal warned Arjuna, don't take these boons because these are demoniac. I mean, there's just like so many things playing in here, like uh,
0: yeah, you're you're definitely assume- know,
1: scientists, or by de facto all you know Brahmins. I mean, where's that come out? Like, um, you know, probably talked about when he had that fact when he worked with Bosch in the laboratories how all the big scientists were sitting around the sun. everything had stopped working due to some tiny malfunction and a mystery who was a drug came in and he just turned the screw and bingo the entire factory was working <laughs> um, anyway but that's another thing uh, it just uh, probably said yeah, if you have to go wagging your tail for a job, you're a suitor, it doesn't matter that you got your Ph.D. I mean, of course, you did get a Ph.D., so you're going to be having a different angle. But, you know, as soon as you get employed, just like Ravinda says, you, de facto...
0: It is, really it employed. I would definitely agree that taking a salary and being employed pollutes the upper three fields. It definitely pollutes the fields, and it impinges upon the ability of the people in those fields to work purely and to work the way they should work.
1: Yeah, that, they come close to working purely. I mean, you know, like nowadays, if a doctor develops something that'll work or a car that can work without gas and pollution, then you know they, they want to shoot the guy, you know nowadays, you know it's like
0: that, uh, that's definitely that's definitely true. It's definitely true that as soon as you add these elements to the field, you're polluting the field. I mean, we talk extensively in our book about cherishing the fields and not polluting the fields. And that has to be done both at the level of the individual and the level of society. Now, what do you do when you're working in a society where your natural field of work is polluted? You know, then where it's very difficult to fully work in your natural field without compromise. So and what you do
1: you... Pick up the beanbag and start chanting.
0: Well, that's again on a transcendent level. Anyway. All right, this is a good discussion. Very good. It's good to churn these things. It's complicated.
1: Um, yeah. Nuance, I call it nuance.
0: Well, nuance, there you go. That's a nice uh, positive way of putting it. All right, thank you for your exuberance in churning up all these nuances. And Pushkar, would you be willing to read a draft of our book and comment on it? <laughs>
1: well, a draft? I mean, reading a whole book, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it would, in other words, before it's in a final form so that we can take your comments and fix things.
1: I doubt if you'll want to take into this anything. I, have, I would have to, uh, I mean, you know.
0: Well, I wouldn't be asking you if that was the case.
1: What's the name of the book?
0: Our provisional title is Career Dharma: the Natural Art of Work.
1: Hmm. Well, if you've got extreme statements in there, like,
0: then oh, you, you can, you can point things. them out and we can we can use yeah, your yeah. input to make things better.
1: Uh, I'll just get a spray can and spray over them wherever they are.
0: Would you be willing to do that? to take <laughs> a look at a draft?
1: I'm still trying to read like one page of one book because I always end up memorizing all the shlokas. I can't read much. But um, like if I get to a page, literally, read right? Yeah. I, I, or the Bhagavad Gita, I always end up going back and just pondering over the shlokas. I can't read much of the text. I just like it's a curse. But you don't have. if you don't have shlokas, it might work.
0: Well, we do have shlokas. Good. I'm glad you do. We, do. We, have, we, have, we have a lot of slokas. But they're probably already ones that you know. You probably wouldn't have to memorize them. Okay, thank you very much. Haribo. Hare Krishna. Shilpao Ki Jai. Jai, thank you. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Goodbye.